0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll chat with Manitoba Crop Alliance Chair Robert Misco. Also, we'll get an update on the avian influenza situation. And up first in today's country comment, I'll talk with Agriculture and the Classroom Executive Director, Sue Clayton. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. This week is Food and Farm Awareness Week in Manitoba. Sue Clayton is Executive Director of Agriculture in the Classroom Manitoba. Well, Farm and Food
1: Awareness Week is, um, is something that the provincial government has, has done for a number of years, and it's always the third week in September. And I think its, it's aim is to you know, celebrate the agriculture industry in Manitoba and to help educate um, consumers about how their food is grown and where their food comes from. And so, obviously, Agriculture in the Classroom um, always is excited to participate in Farm and Food Awareness Week.
0: Yeah, and your group has launched the Foundations of Agriculture Virtual Resource Hub here this week. Um, Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so the Foundations of Manitoba Ag Resource, or FOMA as we affectionately call it, is really a series of of, um, 18... Uh, interactive resources that help teachers educate students about the different crops and animals raised in Manitoba. So, so far, we have 18 different crops and animals that, that we've done this with. Um, each resource includes an in-depth sheet with background information for older students. So, it's got a little, more, little bit more detail about that animal or that commodity. And then it has a summary sheet of sort of bite-sized information for younger students and it also has an interactive e-learning webpage with games and multimedia components. So each of the 18 has these three um, three things that, that go along with it, and it's targeted to all students from, from kindergarten to grade 12. And it has curriculum connections for for each age
0: group. And you've partnered with uh, Peak of the Market on this. We have,
1: yes, we uh, was we are absolutely thrilled to have. Peak is as the, as the presenting sponsor for the Foundations of Manitoba Ag Virtual Resource this year. And their uh, contribution absolutely made this happen. And we also worked with um, the Sherban Grant. We were the first winners of the Sherban Grant last year in Manitoba. And that money also helped us make this happen. And, and we've had, have had some commodities that have, have helped support us. In making making this resource a reality.
0: Anything else on the go here this week? Or? Yeah, we're um, well. As you know, we
1: so we launched the Foundation's of Manitoba Ag Virtual Resource yesterday on September nineteenth on our on our website, and so that's there for teachers or the public to access anytime that they they want to. Teachers were saying to us that they just you know they're more and more disconnected from the farm, and they just didn't feel super comfortable sometimes trying to talk about agriculture. And so that's really why we we created this resource was to help teachers become more comfortable talking about ag. But then, you know, we went a little bit further making sure that it worked for all students. And this week we're also going to be launching two games on our website. There's the Great Veggie Challenge, so challenging kindergarten to grade six students to eat their veggies. And then we're doing an agriculture trivia game. Um, So it's kind of like... Agriculture Jeopardy for grades 7 through 12.
0: That was Sue Clayton. She's the executive director of Agriculture in the Classroom, Manitoba. This week is Food and Farm Awareness Week here in the province. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. Avian influenza is spreading across Western Canada. According to the Canadian Food Inspection Agency, As of September 14th, there are 19 infected premises in Alberta, nine in BC, eight in Saskatchewan, and three in Manitoba. Nearly 1.5 million birds have been impacted in those four provinces over the course of the outbreak. Ontario currently has eight infected premises. Lisa Bishop-Spencer, Director of Brand and Communications for Chicken Farmers of Canada, says that's due to the migration patterns of birds. She commented on the increase in Alberta.
2: In recent uh, weeks, we've seen an increase in cases in Alberta. We've noticed that this is traced to, again, migrating birds that are moving south versus ones that were moving north for the summer. So we're starting to see that trend pick up again as they
0: move out. Bishop Spencer is expecting to see more cases pop up in the coming weeks. And this week is Food and Farm Awareness Week here in Manitoba. Sue Clayton is Executive Director of Agriculture in the Classroom Manitoba
1: food awareness week is um is something that the provincial government has has done for a number of years and it's always the 3rd week in September and i think its its aim is to you know celebrate the agriculture industry and Manitoba and to help educate um, consumers about how their food is grown and where their food comes from. And so obviously Agriculture in the Classroom always is excited to participate in Farm and Food Awareness Week.
0: Yesterday, Agriculture in the Classroom Manitoba launched its Foundations of Agriculture virtual resource hub in partnership with Peak of the Market. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. <laughs> Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, September 20th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll get an update on the avian influenza situation across Western Canada. Avian influenza has been spreading across Western Canada. I got an update last week from Lisa Bishop Spencer. She's the Director of Brand and Communications for Chicken Farmers of Canada. As we anticipated
2: might happen, we've seen an increase in cases. Uh, this time starting from west to east versus east to west as the birds begin their migration south. So we've seen some additional cases in B.C., Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba.
0: And um, yeah, I guess the hardest hit province would be um, Alberta. Talk a little bit about, you know, what they're dealing with.
2: Uh, in in recent uh, weeks, we've seen an increase in cases in Alberta. We've noticed that um, this is traced to again migrating birds that are moving south versus ones that were moving north for the summer. So we're starting to see that trend pick up again as they move out.
0: And how are these cases, you know, being dealt with? What's what's happening on these uh, locations?
2: So what will usually happen is a bird will show, or some birds will show symptoms and a confirmation will be done via a blood test through the lab in Winnipeg, the CFIA lab in Winnipeg. And once that is confirmed, then the uh, operation becomes CFIA's mandate to ensure that the birds are depopulated or destroyed in a humane manner. And then the next step is to ensure that everything is cleaned and disinfected and that there's a waiting period before the, the, the uh, farmer can repopulate the farm.
0: And I guess just talk a little bit about just the impact on on the farmers, and you know what's what they're dealing with.
2: It's a tremendous impact. It, it's it's something that we uh, we've had in the past, but we've never had it in multiple provinces. So we're now dealing with a situation this year with where we have a highly pathogenic virus. The virus is coming into the farm in its highly pathogenic form, and. Whereas it used to come in in a low pathogenic form and then it'll mutate to high pathogenic, it's coming in as a highly pathogenic form. So this is the first time we've dealt with this issue. It's highly pathogenic among wild birds themselves. So usually those birds, those migratory birds, the geese and the fowl that, uh, that migrate, um, usually carry that virus in its low pathogenic form, but it's actually killing them, those birds as well. So we have to, um, you know, we're dealing with something entirely new. It's it's a new experience for everyone, and and it's very stressful for farmers.
0: Are you expecting, I guess, more cases here? You know, in the coming weeks, or
2: I, I think we can safely anticipate that we're uh, we are going to get more cases. I think it's something that we have to be prepared for. I mean, the overall objective for a farmer is to live by the adage: if it's in, keep it in, and if it's out, keep it out. But again, we're dealing with a brand new virus, with a brand new, you know, brand new uh, traveling in terms of how it travels. So we have to we have to really be careful.
0: And, um, you know, what's your advice for for farmers and and I guess just the general public?
2: The general public shouldn't be worried. This is not a food safety issue. This is an animal animal health issue. And we have to bear in mind that the chicken that consumers are, are picking up at their grocery store or eating at their restaurants is perfectly safe. This is not an issue for them. In terms of messaging for farmers, I think it's very important that they work with their provincial boards and with the CFIA and that we do everything we can to, to really try to, to control the situation as best we
0: can. That was Lisa Bishop-Spencer, Director of Brand and Communications for Chicken Farmers of Canada, giving us an update on the avian influenza situation. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute, Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Canadian Wildlife Federation is hosting a webinar September 27th entitled Wild Cultivation, Traditional Plant Management Systems of Northwestern North America. You can register on the Canadian Wildlife Federation website. The Roland Pumpkin Fair takes place October 1st and the annual ASE Career Fair at the University of Manitoba takes place October 4th from 2.30 until 6.30 p.m. at 65 Chancellor's Circle in Winnipeg. The event is coordinated by Career Services, the Faculty of Agriculture, Student Organization and the University of Manitoba Engineering Society. And the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is hosting its 5th Annual Regenerative Agriculture Conference, November 14th and 15th in Brandon. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon, the Manitoba Crop Alliance is looking for delegates for its four crop committees. I got the details from Chair Robert Misko.
3: That is uh, the whole way that we engage with our uh, members and, and, and get them involved. And we start with the delegate process, which is what the election is for. So there's half the delegates are up for election this year. I think it's uh, five for wheat and four for the other three groups, for uh, sunflowers, um, flax, and corn. And then from that, uh, then that's where we get our, our directors. Uh, they come from all the delegate bodies. So the delegates basically decide who, they, who wants to run for a director, and then they, they vote amongst themselves to pick the, the directors that they have on the board. So, at this point, it's just to get, uh, get the delegates elected, and and we went with a, I guess we sort of look at it, it as a bit of a hybrid approach, because we were finding, prior to the amalgamation, most of our boards were having a hard time getting people that wanted to run to necessarily be on a board of directors. A lot of people think, oh, it's too much of a time commitment. It's a lot of stuff. I don't want to do it. And that was kind of the hope with this system, that they could run to be a delegate, so as a delegate, you're, you're basically looking at the research side of things. They make the recommendations to the board. They go through the different projects and, and um, things that they want to get done um, for the different crops, and then that comes forward to the board. Uh, so it's not, as, it's not as big of a time commitment. You're basically looking at three meetings a year probably, we always try to have some. Well, we've been trying, I guess, to rephrase that since COVID's kind of been here since we started our our amalgamation, and that's been a bit of a challenge to get groups together. But we're kind of hoping this year we can get all the delegates together. We like to have one big meeting with all of them, and then we like to have an education component to it to sort of, you know, maybe give some different skills for, you know, media relations. Um, just dealing with lobbying, government, different, different things that you'd have to deal with if you became a director. So we kind of figured sort of a, a bit of a grooming towards hopefully help them get to a, a directorship if that's what they're interested in. And if they're just looking to be a delegate and, and just do the, the research and, and that kind of work, great. We're glad to have them do it. Just to, again, it, it gets us that grassroots connection and, and it gives us hopefully the ability to engage more producers through the different, because I mean, with, uh, there's a total of 34 delegates. So, and, and they're usually, seems to be, they're spread out quite, quite evenly throughout the province. So, you know, and, and there's very few individuals that would be on any one committee that don't grow some of the crops in the other committees. So everyone, you know, the research and the things that we do is, is pretty much relevant to all.
0: And for someone, you know, thinking about entering their name, I guess, just on a personal level, what are some of the benefits or what, what, are they, what would they get out of this uh, position?
3: Well, I think the biggest thing you get out of it, you get a lot more of a view of what's going on in the industry. Because uh, you're right in it, whether it's in the research or, or even, even from the fact of the different organizations that MCA belongs to, you know, Cereals Canada, Borders, Council Canada, Grain Growers, all of the things that they're doing, we, we get their, you know, monthly updates. We have our directors on their boards, and we feed that all back to our delegates, so we want them all to be aware of it. And, and it gives you a much more rounded view of agriculture. It's not, you're not just looking at it necessarily from one point of view. You, you get to see sort of some of the other issues through the value chain, whether, you know, in regards to freighting, the, you know, the elevator companies, pricing. It's not perfect. But you get a lot more information than if you're just sitting on the side. So I, I think it 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 helps out. It it gives you it gives you insights into some of the things that are going on.
0: All right, and uh, you know if someone wants to um, make a nomination, uh, how does that process work? Uh, what's the deadline there?
3: Deadline is the end of October. Uh, nomination process is pretty simple. You just phone the office; they'll send you a nomination form. I think you only need five uh, members in good standing to sign. Send it back in you know, pretty much, you're nominated.
0: That was Robert Nisko, the chair of the Manitoba Crop Alliance. The organization is looking for delegates for its four crop committees. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Yesterday, Agriculture in the Classroom Manitoba launched its Foundations of Agriculture Virtual Resource Hub in partnership with Peak of the Market. Here's Ag in the Classroom Executive Director Sue Clayton. So the
1: Foundations of Manitoba Ag Resource, or FOMA as we affectionately call it, is really a series of, of um, 18 uh, interactive resources that helps teachers educate students about the different crops and animals raised in Manitoba. So, so far we have 18 different crops and animals that, that we've done this with. Each resource includes an in-depth sheet with background information for older students, so it's got a little, more, little bit more detail about that animal or that commodity. And then it has a summary sheet of sort of bite-sized information for younger students. And it also has an interactive e-learning webpage with games and multimedia components.
0: The launch was done to mark Food and Farm Awareness Week here in Manitoba. And there's been an increasing number of cases of avian influenza across western Canada. According to the Canadian Food Inspection Agency, as of September 14th, there are 19 infected premises in Alberta, 9 in BC, 8 in Saskatchewan and 3 in Manitoba. Nearly 1.5 million birds have been impacted in those four provinces over the course of the outbreak. Ontario currently has 8 infected premises. Lisa Bishop-Spencer is Director of Brand and Communications for Chicken Farmers of Canada.
2: As we anticipated might happen, we've seen an increase in cases, this time starting from west to east versus east to west, as the birds begin their migration south. So we've seen some additional cases in B.C., Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba.
0: Bishop Spencer is expecting to see more cases pop up in the coming weeks. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll get an update on the Manitoba Crop Report. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.